0: On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks fell to the Phoenix Suns. But are they asking too much of Luka Doncic? He was incredible, but he just wasn't enough. And what can Christian would be for this Dallas Mavericks team? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks. Ah, the Mavericks. NBA champions. He hits our champions! It's good! And the Mavericks have won the game! Thank you,
1: if you don't believe you shouldn't be here.
0: Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let us know what's one change you want Jason Kidd to make. I'm sure there are many that you're thinking about right now. There's probably like a list in your head. Just give me one in the comment section. And joining me, if you've ever watched a Dallas Mavericks game, the beginning, the middle, or the end of a Dallas Mavericks game, you've seen this person, Dana Larson from Valley Sports. What you got for me, Dana?
1: Hey there. I'm jamming to this theme music. I'm usually jamming <laughs> me, into it on a lot.
0: You want me to let it ride? Yeah, let's go. We'll let it ride a little
1: let's bit. Go. <laughs> I love it. It's so fun to be on with you, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of the pod. You know that. Isaac knows that. Um, and so this is like a real pleasure and an honor.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah, when you were you hosted the uh, preseason game with Isaac and Bobby on Mavs.com, it was the first time I got to see you not just hosting and being able to share your takes. And I was like, Dana Larson's got takes. We gotta have her on the podcast, and so we invited you on, and and here we are. Isaac went on vacation right at the right time.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. Isn't that great? After the first game, maybe he he maybe had a feeling what was going to happen. He said, "I'm out of here for game one." <laughs> he needed he
0: needed to get out of Dodge for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Christian Wood had a good game, and they lost the game. That's bad for that's that's bad for Isaac and that's his tough <laughs> right now.
1: That's really uh, tough for him. Yeah.
0: So today we're gonna get into about. It, are the Mavs asking too much about Luke of Luka Doncic? Because it we've we've gone over this a couple of years now about how he has uh carried so much of the load. Can they take any load off of Luka Doncic? The Mavs team has changed a little bit. Jalen Brunson leaves, and now he scores 35 points in the game against the Phoenix Suns, the season opener that they lose. He didn't score for 17 minutes in the third quarter to the fourth quarter, like this drought where he didn't score. And it just felt like that's where they really struggled. Now, Christian Wood stepped up in that. Luca has a 39% usage percentage. Hmm. Let's just start with the first question: Are the Mavs asking too much of Luka Doncic still, Dana?
1: Well, you know, you know what I did this morning. Despite going to bed really late after that game and the yep. post game show, Same. and getting up way too early to get my kids off to school, um, I rewatched the fourth quarter of the game this morning, and I wrote: Luca needs help. Mm. May not want it, but needs it. Um, the fourth quarter to me was, uh, obviously, that's where the whole game changed um, for Phoenix and for the Mavs. And I, the, the thing I noticed so much was how the Suns looked so balanced in those final six, eight minutes. Um, they had an inside game. They had an outside game. They had several different guys contributing. Devin Booker really stepped up. He was finding Aiton inside. They were feasting in the paint, but they also had guys that were draining threes. That was really beautiful offense to watch. Unfortunately for the Mavericks, it became pretty stale. It became a whole lot of Luca ISO. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's, that's where they're going to be right now. Big changes to the team. Yes, the core stayed the same. But the fact is that there was a big loss. We know that. And that's what, you know, this was kind of annoyingly predictable, right?
0: <laughs> yes. You yeah, well.
1: didn't want to have to immediately in the first game first be like, ah, oh, Jalen Brunson, what is it here? Luca didn't have his trusted wingman in crunch time. Um, and I think things bogged down a little bit. They have tons of talent. They may just need time again to work through some of these things. Um, And I think when, with that being the case, Luca probably takes it upon himself in a game like that. Uh, It's starting to, you know, fall to pieces. He, you know, is uber talented and he just thinks, I can I can make this shot. I can make this play, and a lot of times he does. He
0: can. <laughs> but it
1: also meant a lot of guys were standing around watching, not involved. It's so much easier to defend uh, when that is the case. So I definitely think there will need to be overtime. There's got to be more balance. Luca can't do it all at this pace.
0: And if you look at just like his shot attempts, he took 23 shots, and you're like, okay, well Devin Booker took 20 shots. Are the Suns asking too much of Devin Booker? Yeah, well, Luca took twenty-three shots and went to the free throw line 13 times. Right? right? Like that that number to me is what really stands out. And that's where you start seeing, okay, his usage percentage is just way too high for this. 39% is what his usage was in the game last night. And that's that's what it was in the playoffs. That's what it has been in the playoffs the last couple of years, of how much they ask of Luca. And yes, when Luca's on the court, you want him to handle the ball. You want him to have it as much as he does. You want him to be in charge of of what happens when the ball is in his hands. But like you said, we saw the direct impact of losing Brunson as you just don't have that one extra guy when the defense is like the Phoenix Suns were playing, which which is really good defense. You don't have that one extra guy that can create his own shot. And you saw already the conversation we had all offseason about a third guard and why they needed to bring in that third guard to try and and, and bring a little bit more creation uh, that they really needed that. Christian Wood did it a little bit. You had, obviously, Spencer Dinwiddie, but Spencer Dinwiddie in foul trouble. I thought that was a big right. reason why Luca had to do a little bit too much in that game.
1: Agree. I think the rotations got clunky, too. For sure. Um, you know, down the stretch in that fourth quarter, and that that made things more difficult. You could see, um, you know, Christian Wood's on the bench for a long period of time, and then he actually, a uh, kid, brings in Dinwiddie, takes out Wood, And for offense, for defense, we heard him talk about that after the game. They were, it it feels like at the moment, uh, roles are not quite yet defined Mm. and that is going to the, the white hot spotlight is going to bring that to the surface in, you know, clutch time more than any other time. And that was really clear. Kids still trying to figure out what he's got. Guys are still trying to figure out what their role is. And that was so easy, um, you know, especially from like February on last year. Uh, we knew exactly what that meant. And, and, and even Brunson could bring the ball up the court and give Luca a minute just to catch his breath, draw the attention somewhere else for a minute. Um, Luca will have to figure out how to trust these guys in their new roles. And that is what, you know, that's gonna take time. That's not fun. That doesn't make anybody feel good to lose <laughs> games like these, you know, or to have some rough stretches. But that you can't just he and Jalen Brunson didn't have that overnight. Right. Um, and and so he and Spencer Dinwiddie, he and Christian Wood aren't gonna have that overnight either. There's a lot of potential there. Um, but it just it the flow the the way it all ended up last night just it obviously didn't work out
0: that that trust is such a great point because it did take a while for him and Jalen Brunson, and you have to trust that, that that guy can produce and honestly, for Luca, a guy that's that talented, like you see this with with coaches like magic Johnson becomes a coach or Michael Jordan tries to become a coach, and they're like. Why don't you guys just get it? Like, why don't you just get it like the way that I got it as a player? Because I was just—they're right. so good; it came so naturally to them. And when you're on the court and you're you're a Luka Doncic, you're like, why can't you just score? Why can't you just go out there and do like what I do and make Torrey Craig look ridiculous and put him in the spin cycle? And like, why can't you just score as efficiently? And so you want to just do everything yourself. Luca's kind of a control freak at times with that, and so <laughs> Great like, like you have to you have to give up some of that control. And I wonder if. Can that happen in a year? like with Spencer Dinwiddie, he's he played twenty games in the regular season with him and then he played through eighteen games in the playoffs with him. Can that happen with Spencer Dinwiddie in a season? Can he earn that kind of trust?
1: I think so. I mean, I don't see why not. Um, the The reason being, you know, there's a great uh, culture that they've established right. um in this with this team right now, and that's why Spencer Dinwiddie was so successful coming over mid-season last year. Um, They wanted him. They gave him that love. They told him he was talented. They told him he was needed. Well, he's needed now more than ever. Um, And I think there's a lot of guys around him that will make him feel that way. And I think that they will continue to find uh, the right positions to put him in uh, to have that be successful. Uh, I don't think... That's, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, we would be, should be too worried about. Um, they may still be looking to, uh, uh do different things as the season goes on, but he's super talented. We saw mm-hmm. that he's super motivated. Um, this is a massive opportunity for him. Uh, to really show he can do that. But being a compliment to Luca is not easy. I mean, you always think like, oh, it's, you know, playing with Luca just looks like a breeze. It might be easier for a big man, you know? I mean, you just need to learn that chemistry, when to roll, uh, where he's going to put it. Those things might be a little easy. Complimenting Luca, though, when you're playing alongside him in the backcourt, it's an entirely different thing. Spencer obviously looks like he... Feels better on the court when he's running the show. But uh, Jalen Brunson got the hang of that too. Yeah. Um, so it, it feels to me a little bit like it's just going to be something that's going to take a little time. They got to keep working through the minutes, the substitutions, those kind of different things. And, you know, if they had won this game last night, there'd be so many different things we'd be talking about. We would be looking <laughs> at all this in such a different light. Right. Yeah, and would. now it takes on a little bit of a negative connotation because. Da- you got to be able to win close games in the NBA
0: because Damian Lee hit a leaning shot over right. Spencer Dinwiddie's long outstretched hand. Like that's literally right, why we're right? Talking.
1: Because Damian Lee had 11 in the fourth quarter, which <laughs> oh is unbelievable. Gosh. You know, yes, crazy.
0: Yeah. Coming up, let's yeah. talk about Christian Wood. He's got some pretty good odds for Sixth Man of the Year. What can Christian Wood be? We saw a glimpse of it in first game. What can Christian Wood be for the Dallas Mavericks team? But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet online has tons of odds and lines all across sports. Baseball playoffs going on. Too bad the Rangers aren't there. NFL odds, you can bet on the Cowboys. Uh, I heard that Dak Prescott's back. I saw the I saw the thumb. Dak Prescott seems to be back. And Christian Wood for sixth man of the year. Jordan Poole is number 1 at +250. Christian Wood is +300, so he's creeping right up on Jordan Poole. Norman Palace +500. Bogdan is +700. Uh Dana Quickly, what would uh would you put some money on Christian Wood for sixth man of the year?
1: Oh gosh, yes! After last night, are you kidding? Yeah, I'm betting the house on it.
0: Putting the house on it, so you can do that at Bet Online. <laughs> Go check it out. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right, Dana, we're talking about the Dallas Mavericks season opener, and it was a sad Damien. <sighs> Damian Lee filled fourth quarter where the Mavericks dropped it. But Christian Wood was a real bright spot. We really got to see all that, that Christian Wood can be, and Let's just start here. What did you see from Christian Wood that maybe was different from what we thought he was going to be or what we saw in preseason?
1: Well, I don't know if there was much that was different to me. I think that, you know, uh, we've always heard. And from what you see through his last couple of years, really talented offensively. I I thought seeing kind of the whole repertoire last night was pretty great. I mean, we know he can stretch the floor and it hit a step back three but we also saw some mid-range game turnaround uh he, he even put the ball on the floor a little drive and spin move um he is a real problem for a defense obviously a matchup nightmare i loved that um, and in he's active around the rim um he can clean up a mess offensive rebounds i mean you would like to have Honestly, of course, everybody would have probably liked to see him even more out there <laughs> in that fourth quarter uh, with his work around the rim um, because things just started to, to go too much, um, obviously, towards Phoenix there. I just think that the offense is, is really um, exciting there with what he brings. And I'm just curious to see what it's going to take for him to show on the defensive end To, you know, for Jason Kidd to really keep using the word trust, but to really earn those minutes um, and and earn that extra time to be out there because um, there is some exciting potential that the Luca Christian Wood game, I think, is something that we possibly have not ever seen.
0: Mm. Mm. There was a lot of talk from different people. I saw Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer as one of them that said, Christian, what is the most talented player Lucas ever played with? Mm. And like, I don't know, maybe that's throwing Christoph Porzingis under the bus a little bit, but you see it. Like you just see, like you said, the different things that he can do, hitting those three-point shots. It's just so casual for him to take a three-point shot. So that's, casual. That's not normal for a 6'10 guy to be able to do that and to make them at a good clip, right? We saw Christoph Porzingis take them very casually too, and some of them like 35, mm-hmm. 40 feet, but he wasn't making them at the, at the clip that Christian Wood is. I saw something interesting in the game. In the third quarter, the Suns go on like a nine zero run, like early, and Jason Kidd wanted some stability, and instead of putting Christian Wood in like he normally would, he took out Javale and he put in Maxi. What did you think about that decision from Jason Kidd? To do you think it was an indictment on Christian Wood, or do you think that it was more about Jason Kidd just wanted stability in that lineup, wanted Maxi to be out there instead?
1: I think that's such a good word. That's the perfect word. It's like you know, it's it, Maxi Cleva is a known commodity right. um, you know what you're getting from him and you know it's going to be solid defensively so to me that it that may make sense it may not be fun it's not flashy it it didn't feel good um, you know as the game went on to see that maybe he wasn't going to get to be out there i mean maxi still brings a lot of important things um, and i was surprised i don't know about you nick but to see not see Javelle mcgee more uh in this game he only played 14 minutes
0: it um it was interesting because i was i was not surprised i thought that was what his role was going to be like 15 17 minutes something like that we've never seen him play long stretches of minutes and, and i also did not think he was that great in that game yeah. it was interesting that jason Kidd made the decision to play Javelle less because of the way he was playing but pl- not play christian wood more because more, of how he right. was playing right i thought that that was an interesting difference between the two
1: as I'm watching, you know, DeAndre Ayton really get going, and I'm thinking, you know, wasn't this the whole point? We wanted to bolster that interior, make life difficult on the inside, some rim protection, um, and, and Maxi does a great job, but he's not seven foot plus. right? Um, you know, it, I just wondered if that, you know, just even to disrupt Momentarily, there were those moments where you just saw how easily Devin Booker was just a little handoff to Aiden and, and an easy finish. And I guess I was a little surprised that just not trying to use the size that you made a big point of getting. Um, yes, I know that there may not be a, a full confidence in the defensive scheme yet with with Christian Wood, and I guess that's where we're at with things right now. Um, but I, I it, nonetheless, I just thought in a matchup like that, watching the way uh, it, it, the points in the paint were
0: insane, you know,
1: 56 to 36 Phoenix. And I'm like, that's the stuff we talked a lot about last year, especially once KP was gone and the Mavs were forced to play small. And you were like, well, this is how it's got to be what there was such a, um, you know, a point made to address that, that I was just a little surprised by that.
0: Yeah, I, I found that, that that was a theme all preseason, too. They allowed a ton of points in the paint from teams like the Magic, teams like the Jazz, right. who I guess the Jazz are maybe good now since they beat the Nuggets last night. But <laughs> but uh, right. but y- y- that was a, a theme, and they're try- They're still trying to figure out how to play that, that defense that they play. They run teams off the three-point line. I think the Suns only took like 20, 22 threes last night. And so they run them off the three-point line, but then where do they go? They go, they go into the paint, and now they – have to figure out those backside rotations and figure out how JaVale McGee can be a good rim protector. And I, I just didn't, didn't think he did a great job as a rim protector. And, and that's right. the, that's the stuff that's going to take time uh, and take time for Christian Wood to figure out too. It's interesting you brought up Aiton with, when we're talking about Christian Wood because I saw a big difference. Aiton was disgruntled all off season, apparently didn't talk to his coach all off season. We've, we've known in the past that he wants a bigger role, wants to score more, wants to have the ball in his hands more. And, he was going off a little bit, but it was off of those, like, dump passes. He was 8 of 11 from yeah. the field, 18 points in the game, and so he only took 11 shots, only went to the free-throw line three times, and you saw Christian Wood go out there in just 24 minutes, so he played six less minutes, took uh, t- took 15 shots, went to the free-throw line 10 times, and so you, you just see from Christian Wood an assertiveness that we don't see from a guy like DeAndre Ayton. Now, maybe it's what the Suns allow Ayton to do and what the Mavs are allowing Christian Wood to do, but I see that as a positive. The Mavs are allowing the Suns, are allowing Christian Wood to do more because he can do more, where I feel like maybe the Suns are holding him back, or maybe that's just part of Ayton's personalities. He's not as assertive as Christian Wood is, but I see that as a very positive thing in game one for Wood.
1: I think that's a great observation. It feels like Christian Wood doesn't need someone to get him the ball, right? No. <laughs> um, I mean, we thought <laughs> he, <laughs> he will get it, right? Yeah. He will bring it up the court himself. Um, but with Aiden, he is such a different kind of player that he needs somebody to get him the ball. He needs someone to put him in position to score. And I think that, you know, that was int- just a lot of Phoenix Suns intrigue going into that game. And I think. I mean, I know we're overreacting after game ones, That's right? What That's do. what you have to do. That's what we do. Is, <laughs> I felt like that was a season saver for Phoenix. Wow. I feel like if they lose and they lose big Again. to Dallas, you might as well just shovel the dirt on them. They were they were already this close to mentally being checked out on that thing working. That window was going to slam shut for them. They They actually pulled that thing together. And the odd thing was the big elephant in the room was, it was CP three who was not involved. Monty Williams was bold enough to go there. Um, and, you know, we have one of our analysts this year is Raymond Felton. And he talked about in our pregame uh, not to turn this into a son's podcast, but <laughs> that Devin Booker needs to become the alpha in that fourth quarter. And he did, he, he absolutely did. And that, that swung everything um, you know, completely in their favor. And I think now they have a completely different outlook um, on what they might be able to do this season because it feels different than what they were doing last year. So back to Aiden and the Christian Wood side of that, um, that's why it feels so positive for, for Wood, I think, is that he has so much to give um, and he does not need... Anyone else to uh, you know create that for him? I just think it's going to be a matter of figuring out their roles, learning each other's games. Um, They're just—it's just going to take a little bit of time.
0: It will coming up. Let's talk about a couple of changes we want Jason Kidd to maybe make, and what Christian Wood can be in the future going forward. Talk about that coming up. All right, Dana, we are here with Dana Larson from Valley Sports. With the hot fire take that the Suns saved <laughs> saved their season in game one, man. it's, it's probably I'm coming at ya. It's probably true, though. Um, but I thought the, the point you made about Monty Williams with, I don't know, the gall maybe to to yeah, play, right. to play C- Chris Paul just about five minutes in that fourth quarter, to play Damian Lee all 12 minutes, Booker like eight and a half minutes, and then Cameron Payne six and a half minutes. Yeah. Like you pa- he played three guards more than Chris Paul in the fourth quarter. And he, I think he was right to do it. I mean, they won the game, so I guess that, that proves it. But Chris Paul was not playing well. And then you look over on the other side, and Jason Kidd um, plays Christian Wood 24 minutes, despite him playing very, like, very well throughout the game. Did you think Christian Wood should have played more? Do you think it was just part of the normal rotation? Was that a mistake on Jason Kidd's part?
1: Not going to second go second guess any coaches. That's what we Um, do here. That's what we do on these shows. I know. I know. Um, (laughs) I've never been in his shoes. Don't know what that's like. But (laughs) it what it just was so dramatic, right? To see how well. I mean, Christian Wood was on a heater, right? Yeah. It was sixteen straight points. Sixteen straight points, Mm -hmm. right? A sixteen to two run, and it was Wood sixteen, and it was. (laughs) One of the, it was, in fact, I think Mavs fans who might be feeling a little down today should take time to go back and just start the game at the fourth quarter and watch what he did over that stretch because it was a little bit of everything. It was all those free and easy threes like you were talking about. It was defensive rebounding. It was a post-up shot. Um, And it just, there was energy. There was fun around it. Um, And I think that, you know, that was what was so exciting to see and maybe just, just replay that and just take that in in a little bubble and think about that because when he came out of the game, everything kind of bogged down and the offense stopped Phoenix got to run. And so you're just looking at it, tunnel vision like that. It's like, well, why wasn't he still in there? Yeah. Everything was going great. Um, so, yes, you would have liked to maybe see him come back in a little sooner. I think he came back in at, like, the two-minute mark. Um, and by that point, you know, it, there was definitely momentum had swung. And so if I don't know what that fourth quarter rotation is going to look like, what those minutes are going to look like just yet. It's, it's too early to tell, I think. But, boy, it's going to – I mean, next game up, I'd be surprised if it wasn't a close game too against Memphis on Saturday at home, mm. and we'll get a real good look at how they what they take away from what went down in the fourth quarter in Phoenix.
0: Yeah, I, I I look at it and I say, okay, you can look at it one of two ways. You can say, Well, Jason Kidd should have played Christian Wood more, and oh, this is a disaster. How how could they not? This is the thing that we feared. I saw that take a lot on Twitter and in our right. YouTube comments. Like, what a disaster that the one that like the thing we thought would go wrong did go wrong. Or you can look at it like this. He's got so much more to give. <laughs> like They have an answer, at least. They at least have an answer. And the Dinwiddie portion of him being in, in foul trouble affected the game last night a lot more than I think we think. Mm-hmm. The, the, I know You didn't want to second-guess coaches. Maybe you won't second-guess refs. But I thought the refs in this game were just calling so close to the vest, like so many things that I think they could have just let him play. Uh, and a couple of those were, were Dinwiddie fouls, and he gets – in foul trouble and then throws off the rotations. And I think it just threw off a lot right. from the game. And then Jason Kidd was maybe slow to react to some of that, but at least Christian Wood has more to give. At least Dinwiddie will not be in foul trouble every game and have, every and, night. And have more to give. Tim Hardaway jr. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well. He's coming back from injury. He only played two preseason games. So he's got more to, to give in that, in that sense rhythm wise. Like there are positives to look at this and say, okay, well, they're, they're trending up. And I think that, Christian Wood can have a bigger role, even though he was a second leading scorer. Tim Hardaway Jr. can. Dinwiddie can. Like, there's just so much more this team has yeah. to give in that.
1: Don't you think, too, like with Tim Hardaway Jr., I feel like if there had been a little bit more. We saw this last season when Luca really started moving the ball around and it's hopping and you see the swing, swing, and everybody's touching, which means everybody's eating mm-hmm. and everybody's in rhythm, right? You're gonna. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a rhythm guy. He's a streak shooter. He needs to see some go in. He needs to touch the ball more often than he was last night. That's going to be, I think, pivotal uh, for them to find a way to make sure that he is fitting in and getting enough touches so that he is in a good rhythm to hit a shot when they need it. Because when he does, then he's going to hit the next five. That's what kind of streaky, like microwave score you're going to get from Tim Hardaway coming off the bench. But if he hasn't, because we're kind of bogging down a little bit and Lucas is, is feeling the crush to take over and to take full responsibility for things. And you jump, you know, I don't think Dorian Finney Smith or Reggie Bullock took a shot in the fourth quarter mm. at all. Now, I know those are your you're leaning into them for defense, but they were huge last year for the the three and D part of the three and for D sure. and for those guys to not to even be taking a shot, it's hard to ask them. I know on the, you know, there's a lot of looking at the the shot that Luca took to try to win the game. Um, and there's Dorian Finney Smith wide open in the corner and Luca, you know, took a shot. We've seen him hit. It was a little tougher shot than we, the left wing Luca likes probably, but Dodo hasn't seen the ball all quarter. Yeah. It, That's hard to ask him to do that. If you haven't touched the ball, even stroked a shot in how much period of time. So I just think there's going to be better movement to their offense as they go forward. That was again, back to how we all started this Phoenix really had that and the ball will, they will find a way to get better movement, get more guys involved. And then you're going to have a Tim Hardaway who will really impact a game.
0: Yeah. The the touches for Tim Hardaway is kind of interesting. So not last year but the year before where he was shooting really really well he averaged 40 touches a game just about last year he struggled a little bit to shoot he had 46 touches a game and last night he got 38 touches so he's like kind of in that he was kind of in that range last night but it's it's just about getting in rhythm and yeah just a couple more touches here and there and it really isn't a big a big difference right just to to, to touch the ball a couple more times but when when the Mavericks had really good ball movement it stood out last night and sometimes that's good and you're like oh yeah great ball movement and then sometimes that's bad you're like these these plays are so simple just an extra swing pass or something else like that shouldn't stand out as much as it does last night and we shouldn't be like celebrating that as much (laughs) because it right just just because it doesn't happen very often but you know
1: the other thing I'm thinking too is we we sort of saw like you know, you're not exactly dipping your toes into the water and you're a season opener when you go to Phoenix playing the suns. And of course, with all the history between these two, they only had those three preseason games, the Mavs. And I feel like one of them, none of the main guys even traveled. Right. So that didn't even count. Um, there just was such little amount of time to really work through a lot of your things and your rotation and to get comfortable. And so I think maybe they're what, you know, they come out of the gates and it's incredible first half and you're like, wow, who needed preseason. (laughs) But I do think that we saw as the game went on, just probably a lack of time so far um, and a lack of like real basketball minutes together with this group. And it showed.
0: Yeah, it, it it did. And now the vibes get tested, right? How good are the Mavericks right. vibes? Because their vibes all preseason and training camp were great. They were playing DMX at yeah. training camp and guys were super excited. Uh I think one of the big um one of the big things I saw in training camp was the day that they did that live training camp on, on the NBA app. Um, Brennan Haywood was there doing he was one of the announcers there. And Jason Kidd walks by and Brendan Haywood looks turns around at, at Kidd and goes, when you started playing DMX, I almost took off my 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 warm up shorts and like almost ran in there to try and like get back into the game because of how how good the vibe was and feeling in that room. Uh, and I thought that that was just a great example of a former player, former Maverick, that came in and said, mm-hmm. "Man, like you guys got something that I want to be a part of. I wish I could go back into my playing days and, and be part of this." And I think now that get that gets tested a little bit with your your their first test of the season.
1: Well, that's where you look at guys who have been doing this forever, right? Um, to remind everybody, like you, this is this is one one eighty second of the season, <laughs> right? I mean, it is the tiniest fraction, um, so you p- can't panic. But I will say that's why Memphis is so important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, these this these three s- straight games to open. You've got Phoenix, Memphis, and New Orleans. This is juicy. Uh, this is real interesting right out of the gates. And Memphis is tough. You're coming home off a loss. Your building's going to be pumped. You want to get those feels back right away. Um, you don't want to kind of have any sort of, oh, o and 2 doesn't feel great, but we're fine. I mean, you know, and o and 2 is fine in the whole scheme of things. But you want to play really well on Saturday in the home opener to get Just to keep that good vibe going. Cause you're right. It's been weeks of this excitement and in, you know, in the blink of an eye, all of a sudden stuff creeps in and you want to make sure you like push that down as soon as possible.
0: Oh, I hope so. I hope they put it down on, on Saturday. This The home opener uh, against Memphis, they went and they they beat Jalen Brunson and the Knicks in overtime the other day. M- Memphis is down like three starters right now too. Jaron Jackson Jr. was out for them. Dylan Brooks was out for them. And then Zaire Williams was out for them. So we will have a post-game show for you after the game. Dana Larson, you can see her on Valley Sports. Just turn on a Mavs game. Just turn on Valley Sports. <laughs> She's there. Beginning, pregame, the halftime, and at the end. So go check out anywhere else that uh, people should be checking you out.
1: Oh, no, no, no. That's plenty. That's plenty. That's
0: more than enough. There you go. Dana, thanks so much for joining us. Guys, thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen. Now make your second listen. NBA game to game on the Lockdown NBA podcast feed on the YouTube channel. It is a recap of every single game from us, the local experts. I'm on there breaking down the Mavs game, and uh, it's a great compilation to get you uh, a great recap of everything that happened in the NBA the night before. So go check that out. Listen to Lockdown NBA. I was hosting on Thursday, so go check out that show. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom!